Hello, and welcome to episode 25 of Virtually Relevant. I'm Eric. This is Josh. This is Kevin. And hey, I'm William. And we are just starting up the new year. So I'm going to go through a, a few happenings over the holidays and some things on the horizon. Uh, something that's not new, but is definitely ongoing. Uh, Facebook is uh, struggling a bit in Germany, as they have been with uh, their their policies. Anybody want to talk about the court case? Yeah, so basically Germany is Germany filed a suit um, because of Facebook's requirement to have an account to um, basically to access Oculus. Um, it's not unsurprising. Um, they were already investigating them um, initially because there, I guess there was concerns, you know, with Facebook's ever encroaching, uh, you know, reach. And then Germany, I think is one of the other countries that's already slapped them in the past with uh, GDPR sanctions. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Yeah. In 2019, uh, the government in Germany, or sorry, Europe's, no, Germany, um, they imposed restrictions on Facebook regarding user data and, and how it's, how they create profiles on people. So um, it's, it's not anything shocking, um, but it is notable in that, this is the first time that they have, uh, or that we've seen litigation being take or taken place regarding this, um, specifically the the Facebook account issue. So, um, at, on the bright side, I have seen reports of people, uh, at least on Reddit, claiming to have gotten their accounts back um, through an appeals process. Initially, there was no appeals process, but um, I'm guessing there was enough griping that finally people have been able to say, hey, you know, I can't access my account. I've done nothing. And the letter that was uh, linked in that account or in that uh, post was it said after a review of your account, it did not violate our policy or our, you know terms of service and we've reactivated your account. So um, it seems like there's a light at the end of the tunnel for people who have been experiencing that issue, but it's still you know, that's, it's taken this long and it's affected as many people as it has. It, it's just, I don't know if they'll be able to heal that, that wound really. You know, and so uh, also with the whole uh, Christmas season and, and then mm-hmm. a, a whole bunch of people getting headsets for the first time, mainly kids, uh, I haven't really heard too much in the way of uh, m- much of a problem with with that uh, with kids under thirteen uh, getting into the, the the Oculus system. Have have y'all? So they can't have a Facebook account. Is is the thing right? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's the restriction. Yeah. So the the loophole that users have found is you create an account the parents create an account or they link mm-hmm. their Facebook account and then the kids can use it. But that well, presents, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that presents a few issues, right? Like 
if your kid as kids are we all grew up in or at least i know i grew up in the xbox live generation of everybody was you know doing things that they shouldn't have been doing to everyone's mother online (laughs) and you know if you're like hey you know i want to get my teenage kid this they're they you know they're 13 or whatever they're 12 and i want to get them you know the oculus oh i have to link it to my facebook account and then you think nothing of it and then you find out little timmy's been spouting you know slurs online and gets your facebook account destroyed (laughs) so uh it's kind of a problem uh it's a concern and well, to my well, yeah, knowledge, yeah. there's no, like, like Nintendo Switch has an ability for you to create a kid's account within, that's like a sub account of yours. And you, you can control like the parental controls. I wish if Facebook is going to push this Facebook account thing for Oculus, I wish they would create an ability for you to do something like that. You know, you know, content restrictions, things like that. Instead of if you screw up, your account is nuked. Um, just a problem yeah that that is is a a pretty good idea Uh, i I definitely agree that they should implement something like that where you're kind of like a guest account type thing yeah um but i i was i was really referring to i i haven't really heard of it being an obstacle for for anyone you know like it or or a deciding factor if you will yeah you know so but you know so i I, even though i haven't really heard anything about it i was wondering if maybe any any of y'all had not directly anyway no it wasn't a factor for i've had a few people this season ask me before christmas they were like hey which one should i get or you know what's what's the uh you know is there an issue and and you know as 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 bad as things have been over the last several months after the quest two launch, I still recommend the quest two to people because it's, it's yeah. the best headset yeah, out there right now. Me, me too. It's, you yeah, know, it, it, it's cheap. It's out there. It, you know, it's, it's polished, it's very accessible. Yeah. It's an amazing piece of hardware. Although I'm, I'm no longer recommending the elite strap. I think everyone I know that has had one, has it's broken in one wow. fashion or another really <laughs> yeah has your oh, no. did, did you had one right mine did yeah mine did yesterday oh, <laughs> wow don't so, speak your death knell against like my strap. strap i just don't okay. like the uh <laughs> materials of the price yeah, josh you gotta watch so. out now yeah you're you're next it's like the bouquet at the all right, right. If you if he throws <laughs> if Eric throws his broken shards of elite strap and you catch it that means yours break next. It's like no physical try. shade you're throwing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So not native support, obviously, but uh, the old school uh, Vorpex injection yeah. and and uh, some other tricks. There are people who are playing Cyberpunk in VR. Is that is that the case? Yeah. Which. If you've played, I Cyberpunk, really need to check this out. Right, if you've played Cyberpunk, <laughs> apparently this thing is is just awful on PCs. Not in a not in a like buggy way, but it just hammers your CPU and GPU. 
So the fact alone that somebody was able to get Cyberpunk to run at a decent resolution in VR is baffling. Like they've got to have like a 3090 or something like they're just, I don't even want to know what the cost of this person's rig is. However, (laughs) I was, I was very pleasantly surprised to see Vorpex pop back up on my, on my feed because I haven't, it's been, it's been dormant for so long. I haven't seen it, heard anybody using it or anything. So it was just interesting. Yeah, I have Vorpix. It's what Me I too. used to play Skyrim got... before Skyrim oh, VR. <laughs> exactly. On the Me DK2. Too. Exactly what I bought it for, too. Was <laughs> I was like, how do I play Skyrim or in, in VR? Oh, Vorpix. Got it. Or how do I play these other games in VR? Right. Vorpix. Back in the DK2 d- days, man, Vorpix was like the thing. But it was the way. But to now, get content. You know, ever since the CV1 yeah. really launched and stuff stuff came out, it it kind of just faded into the background. And then I saw this post come up about. Well, it was always a sort of a suboptimal mm-hmm. solution. I mean, it it got it onto a VR headset. It got it more or less in 3D. But oftentimes there were distortion issues or issues with the the way the heads up display or controls were visible. Yeah. It's just yeah, you know, there's no substitute for actually. Providing native support. Yeah, you'd have to and, tune it. If you're desperate. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a huge thing as well, is is tuning it. You had to mm-hmm. do it for every single game individually. Yeah. They did, they they did introduce profile sharing, which was nice, where you could get it from other yeah. people and, and adjust it. But anyway, yeah. so I saw this I saw this feed, or I saw this come across my feed, that somebody was running Cyberpunk 2077 through Vorpix and using a... a a software called agile vr which basically you take uh they were doing it with a vive i think so they took a vive wand and put it in their uh in their pocket and then they had another one which allowed them kind of to uh look around a a bit i guess um oh no it was to move their arms is what it was so yeah they were just it's like a 20 minute video of them just running around in the world of, of of cyberpunk um which was cool like it's 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 really fun to see that kind of stuff still exist. Like you said, you know, um, just being able to experience that world on that level. Um, now experiencing the kind of bugs I heard about in cyberpunk in VR sounds nightmarish, but you know, (laughs) it's still just a really cool little tidbit of, uh, of news. So what was this, uh, bugs in general that, you oh, happen I, to see in VR or bugs specifically in VR? No, no, no. This is just the cyberpunk bugs in general. Like, um, okay, and then just seeing them in VR. Huh. Yeah, those. Like, I mean, there's there were all kinds of like people's legs were missing, you know, in the game, things like that. There was apparently an infamous bug where um, people's genitalia was clipping through their clothing. <laughs> Yeah. I so that. yeah, I mean, it was just just an interesting surreal uh, experience in VR that I don't know that I would choose to have in VR at, at that level. But uh, <laughs> or maybe you do, right? <laughs> I mean, they've got um, sliders for everything in that game, apparently. So, like, I've I've so me per real quick, me personally, I've been playing Cyberpunk. Yeah, uh, I haven't really come across any any real game breaking bugs it's a lot of graphical yeah, stuff that's good. you know it, it it may get a little no- annoying or kind of weird here and there uh a lot of t-posing yep. uh seen around or 
kind of like <laughs> a, a random object floating in midair as you're walking down this the sidewalk uh you know these are features li- li- little yeah, yeah. The, the, it's the wild thank you, thank you todd howard <clears throat> yeah <laughs> well like i heard about a bug where somebody like there's a scene where uh somebody pulls like a chip out of someone's head or their own head um and there was a texture swap or something not a texture swap but a model swap happened in memory and so the the npc like pulls a whole gun out of their head and then like shoves it back into the other (laughs) (laughs) so there's just some interesting uh interesting ones that they're just they're just trying to show you the amazing human body mods that will happen just in the future do you want the cyberpunk upgrades? Eye guns. <laughs> the 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 only one that I've had that really kind of kind of made me laugh was uh, uh, you can kind of like manhandle and break through doors just oh. just just by strength. And so I was running up to a door. <laughs> I clicked on the button. I I go through the door onto the other side, in which he then proceeds to rip the door off the hinges <laughs> and then i you know just tur- have to turn around and you know because at that point you're stuck in the little animation but yeah. <laughs> but i'm already on the other side of the door and he just rips the the hinges off and then i turn around and go on my yeah. merry way <laughs> nothing to see you here. guys move on you guys playing anything else in vr uh I've played some heard, beat saber uh, this weekend the group has been playing some star wars stuff yeah, there's been a lot of Star Wars so, going on. So, uh, I, I just picked up uh, Galaxy's Edge and have been enjoying that, nice. getting started on that. Nice. It's very, very pretty game. Very impressive for the quest. Yeah, that one's... that one. I don't think that one was on sale, but... No, they're, but it, they're wanting full price yeah, for it right now. It looked, I think it was 25 bucks. It was a decent chunk of change. Yeah. But uh, I don't know how long the experience is but uh it's taken a lot longer than uh the vader immortal series Mm -hmm. to just kind of walk you through some basic mechanics and interactions and so on which which feels like it's laying the groundwork for maybe some longer more complex things yeah at least i hope it'd be nice to see a. but honestly it just anytime i see the the lucasfilm logo and hear the 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 star wars chords in vr I, i get chills so i'm you know I'm just thrilled to get to walk around in the universe a little bit. Does it open with like the scrolling text, like the full shebang? Do you get the whole experience? It doesn't do the scrolling text. Ah. It does the 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 blue a long time ago in a galaxy okay. far far away thing. I mean, it does like the the Lucasfilm with the little glint, and then it does the okay. long time ago, and then it fades into the the story. So yeah, I think I think Squadrons is the same. I don't think Squadrons gives you the scrolly text, but does you the do crawl. Yeah, you do get the you do get the the lucasfilm logo and everything um so who else how many of you have played squadrons at this point i, I still it. have not yet really i, I not thought you the only stick. one of us Kevin, how is that? i thought you for sure would have been on i know that thing i know one. of anyone i i, 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 mean, I would have gotten it if if i didn't uh, loan loan my flight stick to uh, a yeah, buddy of mine yeah well, so okay yeah, no, who is, is playing squadrons yeah <laughs> <laughs> ah. Oh, that's that's not okay. Kevin's just outside the window in the rain, just looking at you know. Uh, so I, I played the hell out of uh, X Wing and Tie Fighter back in the day, and mm-hmm. this feels like uh, getting a chance to do some of the same sorts of things in VR, which is frankly phenomenal. It that's exactly does. what they were 
they were going for. Like, yeah. if you watch the yeah. developer logs and, and interviews about it, they specifically reference X-Wing and TIE Fighter and yeah. bringing back the the kind of good old days, the glory days of, of those games. And I definitely those sunk... phenomenal games. I don't know how many hours into TIE Fighter, man. Oh, God. Yeah. That's No, those were, that's, those were solid. But, I mean, I'm kind of in the same uh, camp as, as Kevin. I... What has held me back from getting it is I don't have a flight stick, mm. and I don't really want to play it on a gamepad. I want to play it with a flight stick. So I didn't know yeah. you have to have you kidding. I I was under the impression when I first got it that I would be able to play it with the touch controls, and those are completely disabled. You can't even use them at all. Oh, jeez. Um, you can only do it with keyboard and mouse, or a gamepad, or I guess a flight stick. Um, so I was sitting there like trying to figure out, like, why can't I see my hands? Like what's going on? And so in some ways it feels like backwards, but because, you know, early days VR where it was, you know, gamepad or, right. or keyboard and mouse, but you know, it, it feels kind of backwards in that regard, but honestly playing it with a, with a gamepad is pretty nice. Um, it, it feel, it doesn't feel unnatural exceptionally. Um, I'm sure it would feel even better with a with a hands-on throttle and stick, but um, playing it with a gamepad has been pretty satisfying. I played a couple hours of it, um, which was enough to get through the introductory mission for TIE Fighters and the introductory mission for X-Wing, um, and it was pretty fun. It was it's it's definitely it's definitely got that feeling of you know like you're in it you know and it gives you that feeling of X-Wing and TIE Fighter from back in the day so. It's very fun. Um, it's really well done. Obviously, it's ILMX, so they're you know just the fit and finish and the polish on it is real good. Um, I only ran into a couple of issues where I was like, I hit a rock or something while flying through a tunnel type uh, type thing, and then my ship was like jamming itself into a crevice of a rock. Um, <laughs> but I I never clipped through, you know, so so it didn't it didn't glitch out on me. It just kind of was like, hey idiot quit quit driving into the wall and then you know you figure it out and it's uh it's it resets you or or you fail the mission because they're like you let them get away but uh but it was pretty fun i i i recommend it especially it was on sale and it'll probably be on sale again soon so uh it was worth it at the sale price um i also picked up boneworks but i didn't have a chance to jump into that um and then also for sale i finally jumped in on vader immortal um, they had a three pack, uh, Vader, Immortal, Vader, Immortal one, two, and three was like 20 bucks. Um, no, 30 bucks. Is that right? How much are they normally? They're normally 20, uh, 10 bucks I, a piece. I, I thought they were normally $10 a piece. It's okay. Been so a then while it was, then it was 20, but... then it was 20. So yeah. Okay. Cause I remember it was basically like getting one for free almost. So it must've been 20 bucks. Um, they ran that deal on black Friday and I missed it. Uh, and I was like, crap. And then I thought about it on Christmas day and they were running that deal on the Oculus store. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and jump in and buy it. Um, I played around in the lightsaber dojo, which was really satisfying. Um, more so than <laughs> more so than Lightblade VR, which was a fun experience and does give you the same sort yeah. of like feeling, but something about playing it in the actual like star Wars, like you get the little training orbs that are flying around and they charge up right. and they make all the right. noises and like you light the lightsaber and it comes up and it makes the perfect noise. It's, 
it just immediately I was like, oh yeah, okay, I'm here, I'm in this, let's do this. <laughs> and uh, so I played around in that thing for about 15 minutes, just going through different levels, deflecting beams and deflecting one shot and hitting another. It was it was it was pretty satisfying. I have not yet jumped into the story. I didn't get a chance to. I was gonna try and do some before the the before we recorded tonight, but I didn't get a chance. But the stuff that I have seen in it. Um, cause you can do like the, the intro kind of thing and that is really well done. And so I'm looking forward to that. My wife's a big Star the... Wars fan too. So this will be one that I can actually convince her, Hey, you know, you're going to want to play this. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think every person I've talked to that has played through it has commented on the fact that the, the first moment when they come face to face with Vader, how tall he is how tall he is yeah how tall and imposing he is and uh that's that's just kind of awesome that's something it's an experience that you only get in mm-hmm. vr is that that sort of physical presence of of sharing a space with someone and going dang they are just huge so um i, I guess in a way for me it, was, it wasn't that big of a deal because i've 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 kind of, in a way, been in that situation before <laughs> right. with with me being right. in the five hundred first. So, did you right. did you have to stop yourself? Well, have you played uh, Vader Immortal yet? Yes. Okay. Have you? Did you have to stop yourself from saluting when he came by? Or <laughs> almost, you know. Yeah. So, sadly, I'm I'm playing a filthy rebel. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh man. So, um, other stuff that got. Uh, played over the holidays i uh was delighted that felix and paul have finally brought i think at this point maybe their entire catalog over to the quest for a while you could only get it on the desktop or on gear vr but the quest was sort of out of the loop that said as as much as in first let me say i i love felix and paul's content and their quality they do amazing work some of the the best 3d 360 work in the industry emmy award winning. however <laughs> uh the way they went about bringing them all onto the quest is sort of rickety and incoherent and a little buggy uh anyone else messed with it yeah so i i tend to keep uh Felix and Paul content installed wherever I have VR because I feel right. it's it's one of the best ways to demonstrate um, that kind of content to people. I mean, it's it's very emotionally um, evoking. You know, it tugs on your heartstrings in some cases, or it really puts you at the center of the action, depending on what what piece you're looking at, right? But um, so I, I I went through all the 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 experiences again um reloading them on on my the quest 2 and like you said man the the content's all great it's all spot on as as can be expected with uh, a you know triple a studio like them but however it got designed to move from i guess one grouping of ip to the next right i i, I, I I understand that they're going to have to keep some things separate because it has to kind of live as its own um, brand, uh, like the Cirque du Soleil, for example. Sure. But man, still having that tied together, it feels like it would almost be better yeah. just broken off into separate apps entirely and just not touching right. each other. Right. I mean, it is, it's, 
I agree. I mean, I ideally, I like having a single portal to get to all of their stuff, but it's just the way it's implemented is so clunky. And there's some odd design choices as far as the the interface, the way you select things in their sort of unified app. That's just, it's not the way anyone else does it. And it's awkward. So I, I love their content. I mean, when I show the, the Cirque, du Le, Cirque du Soleil stuff, like a uh, cabinet of curios to people, that's, it's often stuff that people respond to very strongly. Uh, and then you've got, you know, like the, the uh, the people's house like the people's house yeah. you've got traveling with black you've got the i've been loving the heck out of the the international space station footage mm -hmm. uh it's episodic they're they're coming out with more episodes over time and i am eagerly awaiting them because they're fantastic right everybody's but talking about um, uh tom cruise going up to to do filming in space when felix and paul's already been up there at the iss oh, right <laughs> <laughs> no i remember when they did the uh the the dragon capsule docking right uh i mean i was i was half watching it for them and half watching it to spot the the felix and paul camera which you totally could <laughs> you can see where it was floating in space you know tethered down and recording footage so it's like okay i'll be watching this again from a very different perspective yeah. so but it's good stuff i love that it's there i even tried to like sideload it you know i pulled it down to my pc and pulled the videos off and put them side loaded them on the quest too but the problem is and it's not really a problem it's to their credit they they do positional audio they roll their own and it's way better than anyone else's but it means that you can't just drop into like a standard video player right you got to use their their custom right. stuff so so, um, so so what's a what's a, a typical kind of experience with that that interface then because i i haven't really messed with that so like say say if you wanted to go and look specifically for the iss stuff you you open up they, the they one have, single app and then and then what? they they do have a separate app for some of them but okay. not all of them they do have individual apps like uh traveling with blacks cirque du soleil um and the iss one i think they call it was it uh, what's the name Explorers of it space or something like that yeah something like that that they do have separate apps. Then they have their main Felix and Paul app, which has some experiences at a top level where you can just flip through them, like the People's House and uh, what was the one with um, the the piano piece. Um, and then there's other things where it's like nested. You go to a uh, like a sub level and you get to to kind of go through the different stuff like Nomads. And then there's other stuff that tries to like jump you over to the other app. It tries to like throw you into it. And that, right. that whole process is clunky and uh, sometimes buggy. Hmm. Like it feels like there was actually a lot of intention to try to make it feel seamless. You know, like. Yeah, I, uh, I think that was the hope. All, I think all that the... was the goal was how do, we, how do we do both? How do we have a unified interface to find everything and let people discover it through its own separate but apps? I, I you know all those ui stuff aside that can be fixed over time through through graphical updates and what have you i i cannot recommend enough that people go out it's like three dollars for or four dollars for the most costly content or something like that i can't remember yeah um buy all of it dude like support this kind of level of content creation out there support the ecosystem it, you will not be disappointed by any of the content you experience half of it's free because it was already invested in by oculus or somebody else um 
go try it. Like if you are in VR or even thinking about getting into VR, this is the kind of content and the one of the verticals that that really supports the the industry. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely mean, I'm, interested in the, in the ISS stuff, so I'll definitely be checking that out soon. Yeah, it's very, very much worth checking out. It's it's really, really cool being able to kind of float in the various parts of the ISS and watch the astronauts doing their work. You know, and it's not you know, staging or anything. This is legitimately there and seeing them doing the things. So, uh, I'm in theory a big fan of 360 3D video in VR. I have vanishingly rarely encountered video that I actually thought fulfilled that potential and would recommend. Felix and Paul are some of the few people on the planet that know what they're doing, both creatively and technically, well enough to pull it off. Even they, you know, they've got higher points. And I mean, nothing's a, a, a total misfire, but there's definitely some things that stand out more than others. Um, the ISS experiences are definitely top tier, some of the, the very best. So I hope we get Miubi on the quest. That'd be nice. They did a forty-minute yeah. featurette, um, but that was—I think it's was only the gear and the maybe it was the go. Yeah, it was. It was weird how their content was <laughs> segregated into these like specific platforms. So it's it's a relief that it's it's finally making it to the quest. That was such a weird. That's oversight. what I was gonna say. Have they rolled forward all of the old content into this new? And this new sort of if it's not all it's getting close okay. they were there was a lot of stuff where it said coming soon right you know they had placeholders for it uh i haven't gone back and checked in the past couple of weeks i don't know whether the last of them have filled in yet or not and i i don't know the the actualities here but i would surmise that a lot of it is based on the fact that they probably got investment um or partnered with somebody to create this content during the you know the era of the gear vr and there really isn't like a reinvestment to bring that content forward, right? It was just create it, showcase the hardware at the, that moment in time. And so right. I'm sure it makes sense to continue to help bring that into the forefront. But these guys are busy working on the next best thing, you know. Right. They're always always moving forward, always working on the next thing. So, which good for them. But I'm glad to see some of their... There's there's still a few things missing now that I'm thinking about it, but uh, glad to start seeing uh, the back catalog filling in. So, uh, indirectly VR, not in VR, but about VR, uh, the the long-awaited Ready Player Two has now launched uh, as a book and as an audiobook read by Will Wheaton. Uh, anybody uh, checked it out yet? It's another one of those things I, I got gifted for Christmas and just haven't had time. I was the, I made the, the super smart decision of like, yeah, I'll be a, the fun dad and I'll build a playground for my daughter because mm. COVID, right? Mm -mm -mm. And that right. took like a week straight, seven days of me <laughs> yeah. working by myself, putting together over 1,500 parts. That's so. my John Madden <laughs> announcer voice. Yeah, I hate to see it happen, you know, like, <laughs> oh, man. That's uh, that's rough. I <laughs> I would not have recommended that personally, but yeah, no. But I am so looking forward to reading it. There um, you go. I, I haven't I haven't heard thrilling reviews about it, but uh, you know I'm just a, a sucker for more VR industry content. To be honest, I'm about two thirds of the way in. So the the first book was broken up, broken up like level one, level two, level three. 
This book is or broken the, up. The, the, the keys. Yeah. The three keys. This book is broken up level four, five, and six, I think. Um, and I just got to the level six intro announcement kind of thing where it says level six and then it'll read, read the chapter header does 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 he not know not how, not know how to count everybody knows it's four five six one two three seven eight nine clearly that's how yeah. numbers and work then, and then <laughs> right and then yes. you do several offshoots stories yeah. right and then you have a couple tv series and then some animated <laughs> stuff and then several novels and then you just pretend like the novels don't exist um right that's clearly how you do um anyway so so um i got uh, so i guess i'm about two-thirds through the way i listen a little faster on audiobooks i do 1.125 i think um so (laughs) just a little bit it's just that extra well the problem is i don't want to go i don't want to go like 1.2 or 1.3 because then the voice sounds higher pitched and you lose some of the inflection on certain things especially for nonfiction. it's not as not as satisfying um, when you listen at like 1.25 or 1.1, whatever, um, you still get all of like, especially Will Wheaton's, um, like you can hear his genuine excitement when you, when he reads a section about that he's, that he's really excited about. <laughs> like you, you can genuinely yeah. hear him like excited or happy about something when he reads it versus sort of his, when he's acting it out. Um, so th- that's kind of nice. Anyway, so I'm about two thirds of the way through it. it. It's not an instant classic, I will say. It's not as. It's probably almost as satisfying as the first one. Um, there's st- it's still tons of references and things like that, like you would expect. Um, but I like. There's a few things that are nice, and I'm and I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm not going to give anything away. But there's a few things they do, like, to coalesce the story, from the movie into making sense with ready player two um like some of the visual choices they made like the way that show looks versus you know in the books versus the movies or the book versus the movie so they kind Mm of bring that around and so there's there's a few different things that they did to kind of coalesce those two worlds that i think are really are really well done um they don't feel shoehorned in which is nice um but what I really found interesting over the last few hours, because I did some driving over the holiday weekend, so we just listened to the audiobook. And my nine-year-old, who is very not easily entertained, I will say, because um, he's always like, ah, oh, you know, he's playing on his phone or something like that, um, or his Switch. He sat and listened to the audiobook with us. Um, so it was engaging enough for him. After watching the movie, he's never heard the original book. But uh, it was engaging enough to keep him involved, so that was that was nice. But some of the things that I really liked is uh, it addressed both um, real world uh, things that VR and AR have enabled, as well as things that we have been sort of preaching for the last several years of like. VR is going to enable better empathy for people because you can step into someone else's shoes. You know, you can live someone else's experiences. There are examples of that in this book that weren't really well uh, portrayed in the first book that I think is is a really cool, um, interesting thing. Um, and I don't want to, I don't remember, I don't know what's on the back of the book, so I don't want to give away anything that like could not be on the back of the book. But um <laughs> 
there is something that is introduced in the second book that allows for better experience sharing. And so, you know, VR empathy, you know, VR as an empathy machine is a, is one of the big things that we've talked about for the last several years about, you know, one of the things that it enables and that's in this book. Um, another thing that they talk about is v- VR being used for accessibility. So, you know, blind people, uh, you know, quadriplegics, paraplegics, you know, people who are um, disadvantaged in any number of ways. Um, they, they, it addresses how that betters those people's lives. So it's, it's just interesting and it's nice to see all of that kind of brought into the Ready Player One world and addressed as here's what the Oasis did for the people of this world. And here's what, you know, uh, haptics did. And here's all the advancements that this company made and how they did it. It also kind of addresses, um, you know, some concerns that people had with like the overlord kind of thing. You get that idea with IOI, but in the first one, but you know, they're they're pretty front and center about what does this mean for the future and how does this affect how we as human beings live if all we want to do is be in VR. Um, and so it explores some of those concepts, which I think is really really interesting. But uh, the references are still there; they're a little more on the nose or a little more um, not on the nose, but nuanced. Uh, no, not nuanced. They're a little more mainstream. Right. There's no like, uh, there's no like, oh, well, there are still a couple of those that are like very obscure arcade games from like only released in Japan or something like that. Um, There are less of those and there are more modern sort of mainstream uh, references that make more sense to, I guess, the average listener and not the super mega nerd of the 80s and 90s. Um, So that's a double-edged sword on the one hand, if you're like, if you love those like little minute, like, Oh, I understood that reference moments. Um, you're not going to be the only one who got them. Um, but it makes it more accessible for the general public and people who are maybe a little younger, um, to understand those references better, but you still get some references for, for, for us old timers, uh, who, who may remember the old timer says the youngest guy in the says, group. says the 30 year old, <laughs> but that's not the point. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I imagine there are kids who don't know what a floppy disk is, who are, who are probably listening to these books. So, you know, you kind of got to put stuff that, that makes a little more sense for them. Otherwise they're just, I can't imagine like a, a 12 year old listening to ready player one or reading ready player one and having to like pull out Google every five seconds. So what is this? <laughs> what is that? What is, what is, what do you mean? What's a quarter? No, you know, you know, what's, what's an arcade? <laughs> what is Pac-Man? What? No. Like, you know, there's all these things that are really, you know, obscure references in the first one. And then the second one, they're a little more mainstream, which is, is nice. It's, it's not an instant classic again, but, I still am finding it to be quite a satisfying sequel. I have heard or I've seen mixed responses to 
the final act of this book, which I have yet to read, so I, I can't say anything to that effect, but we'll see how it goes. So far, I'm pretty happy with it. It was a, I was able to use a, an audible credit on it, so I didn't even actually spend much. So there's my gush about Ready Player Two. Cool. <laughs> I I will definitely be listening to it. Uh, it is. I've, I've bought it. It's queued up. I just uh, haven't quite gotten to it yet. So. And then yeah, we'll report back and say whether or not we think it's going to be a movie. Yeah, we 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 have done a book report before for for VR <laughs> stuff. So well, it will be a future episode where Eric and Josh vehemently disagree with all of my opinions on the book. Absolutely. So <laughs> yeah. check check back for that soon. Uh, tangentially related to VR, I guess. Eric, did you finish the new Bobaverse book yet? Yes. Okay. Heaven's River. Yes. Uh, yes, I did. Is it? Is it? Have yeah, as that's, much that's another one where stuff. It has. It's a little different. I mean, VR definitely plays into it, but in a much less yeah. central way than it did in in the other Bobaverse books. Yeah. Um. So it's. Uh, it. I, I will say it was a, a very solid continuation of the series. I was not disappointed at all. Uh, I, I heartily recommend the Bobaverse books, uh, and they, they do have some phenomenal use of, of VR in them. Um, and uh, very, very happy time, with the fourth book as well. Time dilation is a, is a concept that is very heavily uh, yes gone over in those books. So if you've heard the term and you're not you're not sure quite what it what it means, uh, that is like a crash course in time dilation. <laughs> I do appreciate that he at least makes a very solid attempt to get his science right yeah. wherever he can. Uh, so I spend a lot less time cringing than I do in, in, <laughs> with a lot of other authors. Uh, one last thing, and this one's kind of funny because it's popped up so many times before. Uh, Houston Symphony is once again attempting to have a, a concert that's sort of wrapped around VR where they're playing music and they have a performer that is in VR using tilt brush best I can tell to, to paint in three dimensions in sequence with the music or in collaboration with the musicians. Okay. Um, it's notable because they've attempted this twice before. Uh, both times I've bought tickets, both times they haven't sold well enough and they refunded the tickets and canceled. Mm. Uh, they are trying again. It'll be February 13th and 14th. Um, they, they do have live streaming. So if you aren't comfortable, I, I'm not even actually positive. You can attend in person. Maybe you can't, but you can definitely live stream it. Uh, they're 20 bucks a pop and, uh, they have a, an evening performance and then an afternoon performance the following day. So I was looking at uh, it just a little bit ago, and I think uh, the live stream is like twenty five percent less than oh, all than, right. I guess okay. being in person. Hmm. Okay, that's cool. It'd be it'd be really interesting I mean, to uh, see that ex- in VR. I know they don't have the setup. See, yeah, but that's, that would be that's where I feel like it would be. Yeah, I think it would be a better experience if you were in the same space, having these things unfolding around you. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a little abstract watching someone stand, you know, run around on stage doing stuff in VR. And I'm, I'm hoping that they're doing like mixed reality stuff and projecting it up there. Yeah. So you see the stuff going on around the performer, but 
I mean, it's just, that's the thing with VR is the only way to communicate the full impact is for someone to experience it in VR. So uh, I love that they're experimenting with it in this direction. I don't know if it's going to be as effective as one might hope. I imagine it like the performance art things where like the guy does all of his, uh, like paints the entire painting and like upside down or backwards or something and then turns it around and all of a sudden it's revealed to the audience of like oh that's what that was you know that kind of thing and so that's what i'm picturing in my head is like the person up there sort of dancing along to the music painting and then at the end you kind of zoom out and then you get to see the the experience i think that'd be that'd be an interesting way of, of seeing it but yeah it's one of those things where i feel like experiencing it in vr would would make a lot of sense but there's a whole infrastructure there that just doesn't exist uh right for them so i could see in the future this being done in ar and Mm -hmm. being very effective with everybody having ar glasses and seeing this person you know painting in space around the the musicians and performers or having things emanating from the instruments yeah but uh I think it's going to be a little clunky as is. I'm I'm still keen to check it out and see how far they can push it and how promising it is. But um, as I said, it feels like something I'd be more excited about experiencing from within VR. Yeah. So uh, maybe maybe we'll get there. Alrighty. But yeah, do you so, have anything else? So it, it it does look like they're actually selling physical tickets or physical seats. Okay. Uh, it looks like they're kind of cordoning off sections. Here and there. That would make sense. To uh, well, to try for the social distancing, I guess. Good news is yeah. that means there's less seats to fill. For, so maybe this will be the thing that pushes it over the edge to make it happen. And I think there may be more people who are willing to give it a go at a, a lower price with the lower time commitment of tuning in from home. Right. Just out of curiosity as opposed to getting dressed up, driving, dealing with parking, and, and having the time commitment. So, uh I mean that that certainly makes it more attractive for for me even without the the pandemic aspect in the mix. So, uh, hopefully, one or more of us will check it out and report back if it actually happens. So, fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, anyone else have something awesome and VR related they want to share? I think that's about it for now. If anybody else has the something? only the only other thing that I was looking forward to was uh the flight microsoft flight sim vr update have you played any ah. of it nope nope well but like you but that is uh something i will be trying trying to get set up in the lab yeah in the near future we're gonna get a, a hotus uh set up and retrofit one of our nice. um, car racers with the actuated yeah base. yeah and does it feed that telemetry to... data too yeah, yeah nice. Cool. That's 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 the hope, it's the hope and the dream. <laughs> I, I cool. have heard that uh, it's pretty rough on a system trying to push that in VR. Yeah, I've heard that too. But yeah. but that's about it. You know, it's, yeah, it's cool. already pretty demanding. Uh, you know, it's okay. most people are trying to hit thirty FPS, which is playable in in Microsoft Flight Simulator. It's kind of a in a way a slower paced game in a way visually. It's cool. We know um, Josh is rocking so that thirty ninety with but... the i nine. You know he has got well, the, he's got that beast of a system. <laughs> it's, it's not the system that lives at my house, <laughs> but we yeah we do have a a 
uh, system with a 3090 and 64 gigs of RAM. So nice. I, I think we'll be able to probably... Dual Xeon processors in a desktop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw... I follow a lot of tech YouTubers and there was something they were doing like... Uh, it's it's for data and video production servers, but it, it does like 100 gigabit per second connection. And it it has like... It's all of these insane features, like 256 cores. And I was like... I bet you could run some great VR off that thing. <laughs> but they like it's a data center server and they like hooked up a graphics card to it and played video games on it. <laughs> uh Linus Tech Tips, if anybody wants to look that up. There's I, one figured. of their recent ones. He, they do some he, he ridiculous stuff. stuff like that. Yeah. They they pulled like a um I think there was a one a couple of months ago they did a it was a cloud gaming server and they uh they just hooked up the uh, monitor and everything to it and played video games on it directly. And it was, it was just, it's the absurdity of it is, is fun sometimes. So. Uh, on, a, on a tangential note, um, it, you know, I, I am looking forward to a time when, um, we get to experience more of life in VR and like with the, the launch of super Nintendo world. I, yeah. I just don't see myself flying to Japan anytime soon, but man, would I love it if somebody built an entire theme park in, in VR, you know, like a, a VR chat or, or Isn't that the idea what, with Horizons platform? is that you can kind of have like a VR theme park in VR. Yeah. But I want someone to spend four hundred million dollars developing. <laughs> I mean, they got that Facebook money, mm. right? Surely Facebook yeah. will put tons of money into this thing and not let it die on the vine. No, they're putting all their money into figuring out how to, how to ban people. Oh uh, yeah, ban hammers are expensive, I hear. So, <laughs> alrighty, guys. All right. Well, uh, hope everyone. Had a safe and happy uh, holiday. Uh, I hope that 2021 brings better things for all of us. Yep. And I hope that you do cool things in VR and uh, let us know about them. Yeah. So Everyone take care. Talk to you all later. Bye. All right. See you, everyone. Arrivederci. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Virtually Relevant. If you liked it, please consider rating and reviewing us on your favorite podcast app. Helps bring us up in the charts and makes us easier to find. If you'd like to support Houston VR and this podcast, please consider becoming a Patreon member at patreon.com slash Houston VR. Until next time, thanks for listening.